Good afternoon and welcome to APW podcast number three. And this is cars as an investment class. How exciting. Stuart Williamson here. And Callum. Good afternoon, everyone. Or good morning, depending where you are. Okay, so what do we have today to talk about? Let's start us off, I think, we're talking about cars, with what is the fear of automobiles? (laughs) Um, Autophobia, automobilophobia. Ocophobia, which is a subset of motorphobia. Wow, very interesting, thanks for that. Well, I do like my phobias. Okay, so we have the FT100, we've got the NASDAQ, we've got the NYSE, all amazing indices, and they are checking on the value of what? Stocks and shares. Different countries around the world. So what is the classic car index called? I think I saw this the other day, the HAG, the HAG, HAGI. I think you might find that's the index of that big bloke out of uh, Harry Potter. No, that's a different one. Hagrid index. Hagrid index, yeah. Okay, no. You're talking about the Haggerty Classic Car Index. Historic Automobile Group Index. That's it. I mean, why would you want to buy a classic car, or any car for that matter, as an investment? What would be the benefits of doing so? I think... First and foremost, it's a passion project, isn't it? I think you're going to be buying it because you love your cars and you love your, your automobiles. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you buy a, a share in Apple. I mean, you can't sit in it. You can't go down the pub in it. Mm-hmm. Not we can go down the pub now anyway. But you can't go down to the shops in it. You can't dig yourself up. I mean, that's something certainly I enjoy in, in the sort of sports cars that I have. It's nice to be seen around town, and it is an extension of one's libido to a certain extent, mm. depending on what you do drive and what you have. So it's a case of cars are nice things because you can sit in them and fiddle with them. Is that necessarily the best thing to do, though, if you're buying it as an investment, you know, if you're using it every uh, every day or every other day, or even just on a Sunday as a Sunday car? You know, you're going to be putting miles on it and potentially putting wear and tear on it, which is going to bring the value down, is it not? Yeah, I mean, really, you know, you shouldn't confuse cars as investments into cars that you use every day. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. People often do, they take out humongous loans to buy, um, you know, a really nice car that they're going to use every day, and it depreciates. And it's like buying anything that depreciates with a loan Basically, it ends up being worth very little and you've paid a humongous amount of cash for it. You might have borrowed 30,000 quid to buy a 35,000 pound car. But at the end of the day, you'd have paid 30,000 pounds off and it'll still be only worth 5,000 because it'll have depreciated if it's just a standard car. Hence why if you're going to buy a car, you must be careful if you're buying it as an investment that it is the right class of car that is going to go up in value. That's it. So what, what would you say are things that make... Um, a car collectible or what you know what means it's going to go up in value well you need to be careful there because when I went on the internet and I looked at cars as collectibles what you get is lots of these little models Hot Wheels Hot, no <laughs> not quite Hot Wheels lots of little little cars called um, like 
in Australia, they have the Bathurst 1000, and they've got box sets of all the cars that have raced in those. And if you buy them and then keep them in pristine condition for the rest of your life, then one day they might be worth more than you paid for them. But that is a car as a collectible. Mm -hmm. So don't go doing that. I mean, I once bought a, a trailer sight unseen for, for the house in the UK. The idea it was going to go on the back of a tractor. It was tiny, was it? It was a toy trailer? or no, Quite the opposite. It turned out and it was nearly 20 feet long. <laughs> and uh, it was way too big for what I wanted it for because I just hadn't seen the scale. So be careful when you're buying because size does matter in these instances. Mm. So what makes a car a good investment? Well, you can go online and basically look at some of the speciality uh, websites. I mean, the Haggerty Classic Car Index of British cars, as you say, there are many of them. Uh, at the moment, it's at a five-year low. Um, and basically what it does, it has a collective of different cars. And over 10 years, it's up by 100%, up from 55,000 US up to 90,000 US, or close enough. Um, but the cars within the index are things like Triumphs, Austin Healey's, Sunbeam, Tiger Mark II. What's famous Sunbeam Mark II, would you know from a film? I'm not sure. I'm going to say maybe, maybe a James Bond film. The very first one. Okay. He drives down the mountain in a Sunbeam. There you go, and that's why it's collectible. I was reading that's one of the things that adds value is, you know, if it's unusual, rare, notable... If it's been owned by a famous person, Steve McQueen's car in Bullet, that was sold for a lot of money. Right. And um, obviously condition. Yeah, I mean, it has to be top condition. So the other cars are a Jaguar E-Type, S1 4.2. But again, be careful because it says here, like 1965 E-Type, S1 4.2, two-door, roadster, six-cylinder, only 4.2 litre, 265 brake horsepower. Wow. <laughs> you've got to know your stuff Austin Healey 3000 Jaguar so there are from the current collectible collecting index for the British cars they are the different cars they have in it which to me they sound boring as you like yeah I mean I know Jaguar and the, the brand names but don't really know the makes or the type or the model whatever you call it within that yeah. So when is an when it is when is it an asset and not an investment? Good question. Please tell me. Your car can maybe consider an asset because you can sell it for a large amount of money. This can help in emergency situations. So again, so it's don't, is it both? It's an asset and an investment, is it not? It's never an investment owning a new car because it depreciates. Yeah, as soon as you drive it out of the showroom, it goes down in value. Yeah, and I think, I think when we talked about the stamps as well, you know, we talked about supply and demand, and that's something that affects uh, the price and the value of something, whether it goes up or down, you know, and I think that, again, with the cars is, is important. It's whether there's a, you know, a finite supply of them, whether some have dropped off over the years, been lost, destroyed or whatever, so there's less and less over time, and perhaps that's one of the reasons why they become more and more valuable, you know, because you've got a smaller supply of those cars. No, that's true. I mean... If you remember Top Gear, back in the old days when it was proper Top Gear. <laughs> uh, I've got some comments on Top Gear, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, they used to um, go through the amount of certain models of Montego that were left, or certain models of this, and it turns out, I mean, Robin Reliant, I think was, at the end of the originals, there was only something like 32 left in the country. 
So they become cars that are can be purchased as an investment. But again, you're never going to make a large amount of money from that. It's not a it's not realistic. So I did a bit of research and looked at what are the top ten UK cars that can be bought at the moment by the normal person. And you'd be surprised, I mean Sorry, in terms of their potential to go up in value. Yes. Okay. Okay, very briefly, you go from the Porsche Porsche Boxster nine eight six, which is the original one that came out, they can be bought for five grand. Mm-hmm. Apparently if you get a good model, look after it, it'll hold its value and potentially appreciate. There were nowadays you're looking at anything from twelve to fifteen thousand later on for a so you won't lose your money, that's the point. And it seems to be a lot of the German cars are in there. You know, Porsche are very big because of the whole value. Mm-hmm. And I think the cars from the 50s were a lot better made than they are nowadays. That's a generalisation. I do apologise when it works in car factories. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot less going on with them as well. You know, I've got an old German car myself back in the UK, uh, old Golf Mark II, you know, and if you, if you lift the hood up on that and you look at the engine... It is just an engine. There's no electrical bits and bobs going on in there, you know. So it's very simple. There's a lot less to go wrong, which is why I think they uh, they tend to keep going for a, for a bit longer. Well, nowadays, I mean, it's all computer run, isn't it? So I mean, if the computer breaks down, it's all over for you. You couldn't, you couldn't call a an engineer out. There you go. The fear of riding in a car, even if you're not the one behind the wheel. Riding a car can create a paralyzing sense of dread for some. That's called amaxophobia. Yeah, I think that's quite useful, that. A lot of the people I sit in cars with, you know, I'm quite scared of being in the passenger seat with them. So, amaxophobia. So, you've got, starting off with your Porsche Boxer 986, the next best investment would be a Fiat 500, the original, not the Abarth or those more newer ones. You can pick those up for... Seven or eight grand, and they're selling for up to 20. And Check. Sorry, I was going to say, I think I'm just going to take a stab in the dark and say, I think there's probably quite a few hot hatches in there. So the old, um, I think Peugeot 205 was that one, 204, you've got the, the original Golfs. I think those, those would be in there, because you can still get them for sort of, I think about five grand for a good uh, one that's in good condition, and they do hold their value. Well, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but not one of the hot hatches in is in the top <laughs> 10 list. In the UK at the moment, you've got a Jaguar XJS, Ford Capri, Alpha Spider, BMW E46, E60 or 2002 Turbo, Porsche 993 K2, Porsche 997 Gen 2, Mercedes SLW113, the Pagoda. There you go, a Pagoda. Mm. And it's a super and one of the best looking drop tops from a time when Mercedes truly made beautiful cars. Had a strong following. Oh God, I think people. When what year was this? When was that made? It's now current. Oh wow! Fifteenth of November, fifteenth of um, September, rather. Okay. All right, and the top car at the moment, second hand to buy in the UK, the Aston Martin V8 Vantage. Cost you anything between three and six hundred thousand quid for a good second hand version. Okay, three and six. Yep, yeah. three and six. That's peanuts. Sell a few. Um, of your country houses and uh, buy some of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there we go. So what makes a good investment as a car? I think really it goes back to personal choice, doesn't it? It's all about what you like. Yeah, if you're buying it for your for your own use, you know. I think um, 
if we just look at, for example, the most expensive car ever sold at auction, have you, have you got any idea what that might be? As a matter of fact, I'm sure you've got it. I do because I am Stato Man. Yeah, you Stato, are. Stato, Stato Man. Um, yes, I have it here. You've got to steal my thunder. No, no, you fire away. I'll give you the top three. Thank you. Signer number three, which is third most expensive ever. You'll um, you'll have to give me two and three. I only went for number one. Okay, the 1954 Mercedes Benz W196. Mind you, I love my old history films, and it was a great thing about. I think it was one of the German in a in a group had his own Mercedes. Hitler had one, and then Himmler had one, and they were both virtually identical. And one was used for target practice by the Americans after the war, and eventually by hook or by crook ended up painted khaki and in a museum in Canada. And it was most recently given back to the American people by the Canadian benefactor. But I mean, amazing history to it. I mean, that's interesting. I think you're right. I think what gives a car history is it's who's been in it yeah. and what they did in it. Yeah. And, if, you know, if it's featured in, in films or any historic events, you know, important historic events anyway. Yeah. And I think as long as you have it all written down, very much like that Rolex watch thing you showed me about uh, the guy from Vietnam who bought it for 300 bucks and it's now valued at 750000 Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, but that's another podcast. Yes, perhaps perhaps we can cover that another time. But Another podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Another one. Perhaps. Perhaps, we'll see. Fear of watches, I'm sure you'll give us that one. But, okay, um, number two is a 1957 Ferrari 335S. Ooh, sold for £35.7 And over 335... Oh, only 335 of these were ever made. So there we go. And there's another thing. And how, how much? Sorry, how much was that sold for? That was thirty-five point seven million, and that of course takes us on to the, the watches thing again, because you know I love the Panerais, and Panerais are all a proper one has got a unique number, and um, that's how you know they used to sell them in batches of hundred or two hundred or three hundred. Mm. In fact, how do you know? Do you know how that Panerai thing came along? Uh, I know it's an old Italian naval watch. I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say it's something to do with that. Well, actually, no. It was uh, Sly Stallone. He took them on board as his favourite watch and he used to get them made for his birthday parties. Did he? So he'd have like a hundred made for his party and on the back it would say Sylvester Stallone 60th birthday or 50th birthday or whatever and he'd hand them out to all the guests. There you go. So how you know one of those would be worth a lot of money now because it was given out at one of his parties. It's a limited number. It's got all the reasons for something to go up in value, just like the Ferrari 1962 250 GTO. Right. I think correct him, isn't it? It's, it's like when I've said three three five, it should be three thirty five. Uh, two fifty GTO. Two fifty GTO. Yeah. Sold for. Sold for two years ago, forty-eight million US dollars, forty-eight point four million US dollars. And have you got the number that were originally made of that car? I don't know. I'm guessing two fifty. If it's called a two fifty GTO. No. So you said the other one, number two. There was three hundred odd made. This one, there was only thirty-six ever made. Holy cow! That's one of the reasons it went for so much, and it also. In the 60s, dominated the track as well, so used to win a lot of events. So it's rare, high performance, and they also say it's one of the most sexy cars ever made. Timeless. Okay. Okay, I like that. That's nice. Okay, then. So you've also got an indices apparently called the K500, which is tracks the movement of classic cars through tens of thousands of verifiable and quantified 
auction sale results. Okay. And if you look at the top performing cars since the post-war, then Ferrari, a pre-58, Ferrari, a pre-73, Ferrari, a post-73, all number ones. Porsche is the only other car that comes into it. So, that, sorry, go on. that's it. It's a classic car. Buy a Ferrari or a Porsche. Well, there you go then. So what is that? Is that the value that the branding's added or the value the performance has added, the history, or is it all of those things that are coming together to make it something that's more desirable? I don't know. The, the printer didn't print off the explanation as to why, so all I've got <laughs> is the graphs. But it looks very nice. They're lovely colours. <laughs> I can see it, actually. Yeah, it does, that does look lovely. Okay, and I've got a final bit here on a sobering note. Children in the UK have the lowest levels of life satisfaction across Europe. They have what they call a particularly British fear of failure, mm -hmm. according to most recent European survey. Oh, what is a particularly British fear of failure? Not being able to get down the pub before it closes? No, it's more than a third of UK 15-year-olds scored low on life satisfaction. The annual Good Childhood Report from Children's Society of Europe found they also fared badly across happiness measurements, including satisfaction with schools, friends and sense of purpose compared to others in European countries. The rise in UK child poverty and school pressures are cited alongside a fear of failure for reasons, for reasons why only 64% of UK children experience life satisfaction, the lowest figure of the 24 OECD countries, I'm sorry, not European, OECD countries surveyed. How about this? Children in Romania have the highest ahead of Finland, okay? Any mm. people worse than us? No, no, there weren't any. Spain was 82% just ahead of us, and France was an 80% just right in front of us. I mean, you look at what's going on in the UK, and you look at all these politicians scrapping and fighting for control, and all this worry, and, you know, on a serious point, the children in the UK, what have they done to deserve that? You know, they didn't want to come into the world. They were just turned up and tipped in one day. And they're given such a poor start that in the UK, which is one of the, what, the fifth largest country by GDP in the world? Yeah, I think so. Thereabouts. They can't even manage to get that right. That's shameful. So there we go. On a bit of a serious point. Bring us back down to earth, yeah, I think. Um Investing in cars, I mean, what does it matter? I mean, first and foremost is family. Look after your family. Look after those you care for, extended family. Be good to each other and take care, and hopefully Podcast 4 will come along. That's it, you know. Be good to people. It's nice to be nice, and it's free as well, so you might as well do it. Isn't there some sort of thing as how many muscles it take to frown compared to how many muscles it takes to smile? Yeah, I think it's a lot less to smile, isn't it? You know, so why not smile? I think that's the general gist of it. That's it. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you very much.